Hi folks, how's it going? I thought we'd do a just a hangout talking about the recent viral sensation that is a very young, as far as I'm aware, 18-year-old prankster, and I'm going to use that term generously, uh, in London called Mizzy, because this has caused quite the stir because of just how outside of the bounds of normalcy Mizzy's pranks are. And I actually, the more I looked into this person, the more I found myself I suppose empathizing is probably the best way to put it. Um, empathizing with them. Uh, not just because obviously there's a side of me that is vaguely trollish and enjoys um, poking at uh, structures, but also because of the position that Mizzy appears to be in from his own words and from the, the videos he's put on the internet and from the life he seems to be displaying, right? And I thought it'd be worth going into in some depth because I think that in fact Mizzy is just the sickness that is manifesting is a symptom of it, but isn't the cause of it. And clamping down on him, removing him from the internet, that's not going to fix anything, right? And as I understand it, YouTube have taken down his account, TikTok have taken down his account. Um, he's probably being interrogated by the police, although that's going to go nowhere because it's happened before, as we'll get into. Um, but none of these really solve any of the problems, right? This just means that actually the outlet that he had for this kind of behavior is going to be taken away. Okay, but that's not going to remove the impulses that he has. And I think it's worth examining these impulses because they tell us more about, frankly, what London is like than I think people uh, dare to admit. But let's begin at the beginning, right? Pranks. What's a prank? Prank is when you, you make a joke at someone's expense that they didn't see coming. And it generally, it's a moment of humiliation, but everyone laughs it off because it's just in good fun. And these were huge all across Vine, all across uh, YouTube for years, actually. I mean, th this is a good example of what a prank is like, right? They're small scale, they're totally harmless, generally annoying, and you're not expecting it, so it's shocking. That's the key behind this, the prank. Let's, let's watch this. What? Oh! Dude, it squeaked! <laughs> I thought I was a rat! <laughs> What's that new kind I got you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you three choices. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been one for you, been framed, really, but these are gold, right? They, they, but you can, you can see you get the same sort of atmosphere there's an immediate moment of shock and then everyone starts laughing because everyone's laughing. Okay. Yeah. You got me. I was surprised. Right. And my, I think my favorite prank is like, is probably this particular one where someone got this dinosaur suit and then walked around scaring people. And let, let's just watch and then I'll tell you about it. lost his burger for that anyway this is a really good setup right because uh the person running prepares the unwitting marks 
to think, oh God, there's something happening, because we're very, very responsive to that sort of thing. And then the dinosaur head comes around the corner. You can't see the legs or the body on how it's being animated. Uh, and so you can tell it really gets people. There's a moment of immediate shock. They turn around and start running instinctively, and then they realize, hang on a second, dinosaurs aren't real. They, they died millions and millions of years ago. This has to be some sort of prank. And as you can see from the video, you can see their legs if you actually look. But in you know a moment of surprise, you've just caught a glimpse of what appears to be a dinosaur. I, I can see... You know, I, I totally empathize with these people running. I'd probably do the same thing. Uh, they weren't expecting it, and so they got got, right? But surprise is a key element to the prank. And uh, pranking used to be huge on YouTube. Uh, this isn't something I actually knew about, and I actually had to research this in preparation for this video. And I found a video uh, on it uh, by a YouTuber whose name I forgot now, um, Sunny V2, who does a really great breakdown of the rise and fall of pranking on YouTube. Um, he's interviewing Joey Salads in this. There's a chap I met in uh, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, a few years ago. He was a really nice guy. Um, but the point of it all is it's harmless, right? It's, it's meant to be harmless. And in fact, it ended up being so harmless, it ended up descending into fakery. Uh, people having to constantly pretend to make to get the, the, the shots that they're looking for. And eventually YouTube cracked down on it in the demonetization uh, adpocalypse. And therefore, pranking on YouTube essentially became a very small deal, which... Um, Rise and fall of genres on YouTube, folks. Very fascinating to me. But uh, anyway, but that's that's what a prank is. So no one gets hurt. No one no one walks away scared. Everyone actually is entertained. Even the person who gets pranked has a laugh about it. Usually, that's what a prank is. And then we come to Mizzy, or uh, as his real name is, um, Mr. Bakari. Uh, where's this? Does it have his first name on here? I can't remember what it is. Um, Baka uh, sorry, Bakari Agaro, right? Who lives in, from London. Um, this this chap, he's eighteen years old, very very young, and so he has been doing a series of what he calls prank videos. But actually, these miss the gen the the underlying theme of what a prank is meant to be, which is not something ominous and sinister that doesn't have the mutual shared tone of entertainment between the pr the person doing the prank and the person being pranked. Because you can do pranks between strangers, but even then, there has to be a, an, an understanding at the end of it that actually there was no danger at all. And that's not what we see with Mizzy. So you, if you watch the podcast today, you'll have seen the first video of him invading someone's home. Uh, so I won't play it, but my, I mean, like this is just genuinely morally objectionable. Uh, to almost everyone, but probably especially to the English, um, because of course we view a man's home as his castle, especially if your wife and children are in it, as this chap's were. And coming and saying, oh, is this where the study group is? I mean, <laughs> it's playing innocence, but there's a sinister undertone to that. What are you doing in this man's house? This isn't a prank. This is something else. Nobody thinks this guy is looking for a study group. He doesn't present himself in any way like that. He looks as though he's a part of the sort of urban London youth. Then you've got the next one, which you will have seen, which is him stealing a dog from an old lady. I can see why that really annoyed people. Again, the British being a nation of animal lovers, um, really got a lot of people's backs up. And I do not in any way blame anyone 
I mean, it got my back up when I first saw this. The, the home invasion thing really annoyed me. And then the dog thing just really compounded that. It was just, right, okay. And obviously you see a lot of the comments like, wow, I hope this guy gets an absolute lashing from someone. And there are videos of him where he's taken a beating after doing these things. So, you know, it has happened. Um, but the next one was also annoying. Him just walking into a public library, picking up a book, and beginning to rip the pages out of it, and then just making a general nuisance of himself. I mean, this is at least closer to what a normal prank could be. I and mean, this at least seems a bit more innocent, but like it's still really insufferable and annoying to watch, right? But the thing is, these are the least of the problems, I think, with what he's been doing. And in fact, he's got far, far worse videos out there of him just going up to people on the streets and threatening them. Let's watch. Ah! Let me get something down. No, fella. Why not? You just screamed in my face, didn't you? Can I kiss you in your face as well? No, you can't, fella. Okay, can I have a hug then? No. Then I die? No. You don't want to die? Not really. I can make you die right now, right here. We can all die. We can all die, innit? We can all die. How about I can make you die right now? We can all die, fella. Can I give you a kiss then, please? All I really want to do is kiss you, bro. Like, man, screaming in your face, and now like, you're just smoking in my face. Is that really nice? Well, I was just stood here. You came in my face, so it's just you can have the end of it if you really want. No, me. I don't want that. So, so that is much different, isn't it? That's. I mean, it's one thing going up and yelling in someone's face. Right? Okay, I'm trying to startle them. Fair enough. But then standing there, unreasonably close, and then saying, "Do you want to die?" Well, that's not in a vacuum, is it? Here we have is a young black man dressed in the trappings of the inner city youth, a particular kind of urban culture, and he's trying to use what he perceives that the uh, more reasonable sort of middle-class types will see as a stereotype of a certain kind of behavior, and he's trying to make that person afraid. Now, this chap handled it magnificently. Um, honestly, I probably would have been a lot more scared than he let on, frankly. Um, and it gets worse. I mean, it's one thing if you're a man who's taller and stronger and bigger than him to not be so intimidated. But what if you're a woman traveling alone on the tube? It's probably not very nice, is it? Let's play this one. Hello there. Can I get a dog? Can I get... What's your name? It doesn't matter. You look very nice today. Do you like how my trousers are just off on the train? You don't really care. Oh, I'll see how it is. I got a jet flip. I mean, that's pretty gross, right? You don't go around touching strangers on the train anyway, especially not if it's a lone woman. I would have thought propriety would have insisted, but that's what he's deliberately violating. Now, what's interesting is uh, when this gets addressed by uh, social activists or uh, concerned institutions, uh, this is how this sort of behavior is framed. Let's watch this one. What? What? 
nothing. I, I can stand it. Yes. Hmm. I can stand there if I like. Did you just take a photograph of me? Did you just photograph me? Hmm? What? That's assault. Yeah. Yeah, photographing me without my permission, yeah? It's assault. Do you understand that? Give it here. Your phone, give it to me. Give me your phone. What I find interesting about that is that the white Englishman who is portraying the harasser on the train is mimicking the language of, and the body language of, the certain kind of inner city culture that doesn't have respect for anything or anyone around it. But he can't get away with that. Because we have a kind of two-tier justice system in this country, which we will get to shortly. There's no, nothing in political correctness that says he shouldn't be held accountable for the things that he's doing. And so he will be. And at the end of this video, as you can see, oh, actually everyone's got you. You're in trouble now. Hmm. Average London tube harasser. Anyway, this brings us to clip number six, which is again, Mizzy harassing people on the underground. Uh, this is at a stop where walks up to two girls and a young man and I'll let you watch for yourself. What? What? I'm going to show you from over there. I like your hair still. You've got some nice hair. It's nice and luscious. I'm perfectly fine. What do you want to die? Huh? Why are you just smiling at me? Oh. I asked him a question, a serious question. Do you know that? No. Why? Because you can lie. Because you can stop him. Why? Because. You're going to die? No. You sure? Yeah. I saw you from over there. You're just looking like you wanted to die. Mm hmm? <laughs> when did we look at you? Well, you was looking at me this whole time. Do you want to die? No, no bro. Oh, bro. Bro. You're gonna die, bro. Bro, don't even answer that right now. Is it serious, bro? You're trying to answer the phone. Who's calling you? They can wait. They can wait, bro. Then to die, bro, because I can take it out right now, bro. What's wrong? Huh? What's wrong? I can take it out right now. Do you want to die? Yes or no? Ha, yeah. speak. I'm talking to you, bro. Yeah. You don't want to die? Yeah. Swad me then. Huh? Swad. I lied to you, bro. I don't know why you're laughing as well, bro. Just I take it out right now. How's that funny? You can feel the palpable fear of those three kids. There's just this random guy, part of a specific demographic, in fact, walks up to them and starts saying, do you want to die? Starts looming over them and touching them inappropriately. You'll see people commenting, well, he seems to be intimidating the women. No, he was intimidating the man there, the young man who didn't even dare move his own hand to defend himself from being touched inappropriately, the girl had to do it, as you'll notice. There's a lot in the dynamics there, isn't there? There's a lot that's being unsaid that was present. Why are they so afraid? Why would they be so afraid? Because I tell you what, man, 
when I was that age, you'd have got up and just struck the man. You just struck the person. You jumped up, punched them, and defended your own honor. Now, I'm not saying that I'm some sort of great fighter or anything, but you'd at least got up and pushed them away. You know, anyone I knew when I was that age would have done that. I mean, this is an inconceivable thing to have happened. But then I grew up before this kind of reign of political correctness. I grew up before mass immigration. I grew up before London had become what it is now. And so I'm watching this and I'm just seeing a kind of ritual humiliation because that's what's happening. Someone here holds the whip hand and you can see it in their body language. You can see it in their actions. You can see it in the things they say and the disrespect that they show. So what are things like in London? Well, violent, actually. A couple of years ago, London became more violent than New York City for a brief period of time. Then it dropped down slightly below. So London was slightly less dangerous than New York City. But uh, I'm just going to pull up a few recent examples. This is from two days ago. Machete attack in the middle of London. Chems in, a, in a school in London. A teenager was accused of fatally stabbing a schoolboy outside of a school and chased his victim with a machete before carrying out the fatal attack in front of fellow pupils. Go to the next one. You see a, a citizen's arrest in process. Someone got stabbed in a high street and the local public had to pin him down until the cops arrived. I imagine he'll get a suspended sentence. Don't know where that sword's come from. Whose is that? Probably placed there by racists, I guess, right? Uh, here's another one from just the 3rd of March. Three stabbings in one day. Anyone want to guess as to the demographic profile of these criminals? Um, anyway, let's let's have a quick read from this article. Uh, triple home stabbing, uh, home sta triple stabbing, home invasion, knifing, and a man set on fire. So, the video of him walking into that chap's home seems a lot less innocent now, doesn't it? Because actually, there have been break-ins, and there have been people stabbed in their own homes by again a certain kind of underclass that has been created in London. You know, what's interesting about this is that London now has a, a specialised trauma network to deal with stabbings. I wasn't aware of this. Right? The, the victim was rushed to a major trauma centre, part of a specialised trauma network created with increasing survival rates in the capital, uh, credited with increasing survival rates in the capital by 50% in five years since they were introduced. Great. They can't stop the stabbings, but if you're lucky, you might survive. I mean, you might not survive, of course, because you might be stabbed in somewhere that's immediately fatal. But, I mean, I guess a 50% reduction in the number of people who die from the stabbings, if you can't reduce the stabbings, I suppose that's something good in and of itself. Thank God for small mercies. And certain authorities in London have noticed that there is a particular demographic profile involved in all these stabbings. I mean, these racists at the London Assembly are just calling out the black community for having a knife crime problem. In fact, to quote them directly, despite making up only 13% of London's total population, black Londoners account for 45% of London's knife murder victims, 61% of its perpetrators, and 53% of knife crime perpetrators. So, 
sorry, 61% of knife murder perpetrators and 53% of all knife crime perpetrators. Despite a 13%, eh? Again, I think we can be a little more generous and whittle that down. I mean, it's 6.5% of those will be women, and they're not the ones doing the stabbing. So why do we include them in the constituency? And then if we whittle it down even further, we could say, well, probably about 4 or 5% are people over the age of, say, 45, 40, and they're not going to be committing stabbings, are they? And we can, in fact, narrow it, narrow it, narrow it, narrow it down to young black men in London are overwhelmingly represented in these stabbings. If you would like to watch the rest of the live event videos, please go to lotuseaters.com.